Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 131, and it is titled Navigating Hormonal Changes and Perimenopause. All right, before anybody tunes out, because they're thinking that they're under 55 years old and not a woman, hang in there with us because this is a very important subject. One of the reasons we really wanted to do this show is because we have personally experienced multiple friends who were very clearly to us going through perimenopause. They had all the classic symptoms which we're going to talk about, and they were in 100% denial of it. We have a friend, we were telling her this for about three years before she finally realized that something indeed was going on and that she needed to address it. And as soon as she addressed it, she had major changes in her life. So this is one of those things that sneaks up on people. They're not even aware that it's happening. And it can have major impacts on the people going through it their spouses, their relationships, uh, their, their family life with their children, their physical body. I mean, it's just the changes and the, and the potential repercussions really ripple out through everything. So this is so important. Please stay with us. We have a special guest. We're going to really dive into some really interesting things. And I'm willing to bet that most of the people listening to this do not know any of this. So just to give you some numbers, um, approximately 40 million American women are going through the perimenopausal transition right now. I'm about to turn 38 and I consider myself going through this change already just to give you some indication markers of time. Again, it's not something that happens when you like super much later in uh, your 50s. It can happen early and it does happen sometimes 10 years before the menopause really happens. Um, And so it can be confusing for women, for men. (laughs) And so today we have a special guest who is going to help to bring some light into the subject. Before we introduce our guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsor, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer or increase your sexual skill, you will find something for you at powerandmastery.com. Today we have Michelle Brookhouse and she is a classical homeopath in practice for over 20 years. Her passion is women's sexual health and healing. She created a homeopathic lubricating gel for women from this passion. So welcome Michelle to the Love Lab. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you today. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so I just want to jump right into the questions because this is super fascinating to me. I made a... Yeah, it really is. So I'm excited (laughs) to hear them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I made a statement at the beginning of the show that probably most people don't know this information. And the reason why I say that is not to belittle the audience in any way, but it's just an observation that we have from working with clients and just from being in that age group and watching our friends go through a lot of these changes and seeing that they really don't have any idea what's happening. So, So our first question is, Most women don't pay attention to the changes. They wait until it's too late. So the question is, 
when should women start to pay attention and what should they look for? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, really great question. And I think what makes it most difficult for women and men or anybody is that we don't always know the soup we're swimming in. You know, so we're in this soup of hormones and we're I mean, we're in it. So it's hard for us as individuals to sort of even notice the subtle shifts and changes in our bodies and hormones affect our emotions so much. It's just amazing. We have this sort of cocktail of hormones that that, you know, come up and actually can like navigate the waters of our emotions. So I think um, just being aware of emotions, maybe like you were saying, listen to other people. I think it's hard for men because a lot of men often just sort of say to their woman or whatever, you know, you're so hormonal and that's not helpful. You know, know? advice to men, never say that to your woman. (laughs) You're so hormonal. You're likely to get something thrown at you. (laughs) Yeah, just never do that because we are all hormones. I mean, and that's just the the long and short of it. And for women, it can start early, just like you guys were saying. It can start mid-30s. It can start after the birth of a child because our hormones are so sensitive and shifts can happen so subtly and be up and down. And there are so many things that can contribute to hormonal changes. So I don't know, it just takes some self-awareness. You know, when people start, when women, I mostly work with women, um, start coming to me, I think we're not always aware of our own bodies, our own emotions, even the waves that we're on. So even to just begin tracking within yourself, whether you need to journal or whether you go, oh, what's my energy like today? What are my emotions like today? And then you can at least start to spot some of the potential shifts. So, so one of the, your recommendation is to, to start kind of tracking what your emotions are like. So the first thing that, that women should be looking at is, are they seeing real changes in their, in their emotions? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to, um, I was just talking to a man, I don't know, last week, and he was saying that his relationship broke up during perimenopause. Um, and I think it's possible that we women, when we get to this place and things have shifted and changed and hormones makes a difference in terms of pheromones and how we're attracted, and then we can just cut things off. But, you know, tomorrow could be different. And the next day could be different, you know? So, um, yeah, I think there is really something about tracking emotions for sure. So I've never taken any pills. My contraception method has always been to track my cycles with the temperature and checking my cervical mucus. And this is for a whole entire show that one day I'd like to bring on. Um, but the, the gist of it is that I've been tracking myself for nearly 20 years now. So I think that's why the, it's literally like the day I turned 35, 
Mm-hmm. I started to feel a difference and they were subtle. So some of the things that started to happen, I was noticing that I used to be very, very regular with my cycle, but then my cycle started to be either two days shorter or two or three days longer. So it kept kind of like shifting. It wasn't just as consistent since I had been so consistent and little things like the size of my breasts that started to be a little bit bigger. I noticed that now I started to put on some weight before I could eat anything I wanted and never show it. And suddenly I started to see that if I ate more than really was needed, it started to show, especially on my mid area. I started noticing things like my chin and those lovely hair growing in places I did not want them, (laughs) while the hair on my head started to slow down the growth of the ones I wanted, while the one on my face were like all over the place. And I was like, what the heck? Um, And then just also noticing some, some... a little bit, and this is like since I'm about to turn 38, so that's three years in now. Um, I'm not, so all of this happened over these three years, and another thing I noticed was a difficulty with my emotions. While I've always been very balanced, I've never been somebody who's been um, what you would qualify as hormonal or that I was PMSing or anything like that. For me, it's always been really good. But I noticed that there were times where I had some brain fog or I had a more difficult time dealing with anger or like stronger emotion. I felt more overwhelmed, maybe faster. And so these, for me, were some of the little signs. And then different, again, changes in the breast where I started having some uh, fibrocystic breasts. So all of this was telling me too much estrogen, probably too low progesterone. I'm about to get all my hormones checked, all the levels to have all the numbers confirmed in a couple of weeks. So I have all the answers. Uh, but this is like the journey of the where I'm on. And this is what set me to say that I'm going through perimenopause and I'm 38. And people think, oh, this is like so early, it's impossible. But this is a very slow, gradual little changes that people may not notice. They might just think, oh, well, I'm getting closer to 40. And especially if you have kids, you're like, it's normal. I'm just more tired. And I'm like, no, this is all the different hormones. And then once I started taking some herbal remedies, because I'm so early on, it's still is a good time to do that things started to rebalance like my moods and the fogginess all of this disappeared so that's how I knew I was on track so I wanted to share all of this because I'm hoping that whoever is listening now is like oh my gosh I have that too oh and I forgot the night sweats too if you have night sweats (laughs) like crazy things with your temperature these were happening a lot too so this was my experience and now I'd love for you Michelle maybe to share um, of course if you have anything to share with what I just shared but also why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, some of the signs and what it was like so that other women can understand and relate. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, it's amazing. I don't think a lot of women like you have tracked everything quite so precisely. I mean, you are so in tune with your body because you've been tracking for so long. And part of that is that whole fertility journey and the choices that you made with that. And, and that's, that's amazing. You know, a lot of women, and I did this too in my early 20s, just took the the pill, you know, to sort of take care of that. But it didn't take long before I realized it was that was not good for me too. That messes with hormones crazy, crazily, you know. And so 
I was before I was a homeopath um, and I sort of know better now. I mean, that's a whole other conversation too. But, you know, we can really play with cocktails of hormones and it can really mess us up, you know. So we have to be careful about how we actually supplement. Um, my journey was interesting too. I don't think I really recognized uh, what the journey was going to be like, you know, even though by that time I had uh, been working with homeopathy and had had some amazing changes, even with other hormonal kinds of things, because I used to have um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, you know, so another hormone in the body that was not performing well and with homeopathy shifted it. So I think you can shift hormones in many different ways herbal, homeopathy. I think when you start supplementing with actual estrogen, actual progesterone, it's it's such a direct hit that it can be kind of crazy to navigate that. And so a little bit more observation needs to happen. And I think it can be done if it's done early enough. Post-menopause, probably less so. But my journey was... I mean, I noticed, my, I didn't take anything. I just did whatever, you know, I just went through the whole process um, on my own with some help with homeopathy, with a little bit of help with some herbs and things like that. But I was blown away, just blown away by the experience of going through, you know, the perimenopause and menopause process. But initially, it was like you said, a little bit, um, my periods weren't as regular. There was a little bit more pain and I never really had any pain. So that was an interesting thing. When I had um, hot flashes, I, I used to do, can't do this anymore because we're, none of us are doing this during COVID times. I used to do Bikram yoga. So sweating, you know, and uh, I did it for 10 years and I was an efficient sweater. So when... <laughs> I went through um, perimenopause and menopause. When I had a hot flash, I could put my arm on the counter and leave a pool of water <laughs> on the counter. It was just like amazing. It's just amazing. But it was to just see what the body can do um, and does. Um, luckily, I didn't have night sweats. You know, so again we're all different. And I think that's the other thing about going through this process is that every woman is different. Every woman is different. We're gonna have a slightly different symptoms that come up. I actually had a frozen shoulder too, which I now believe was part of that whole process. First, I, I used to dance too, another thing I can't do anymore. And I thought it was um, being yanked. I thought my shoulder just got yanked by a you know particularly aggressive partner or something and I, something got pulled. But you know, this frozen shoulder that then moved to the other shoulder and I've heard since that other women have had this too. Seems like a weird symptom, but it could be part of the whole per perimenopause, menopause experience as you're making those shifts and changes. Uh, so I actually quit bleeding when I was 51. And um, I actually, I, I kind of grieved the whole process. I know a lot of women are can hardly wait till they're done bleeding but there's just a whole other shift that happens with hormones when you're done bleeding you know it's 
there's less estrogen, um, less progesterone. So you have to find a balance in your emotions in a different way, in a way is kind of what I believe. And I think it can be done um, for sure, because I, you know, <laughs> I'm now almost 60. And so I'm 10 years beyond. So my birthday is this month and, and now I'm 60. So 10 years, no you know, no period, no bleeding. It's been bliss in so many ways and have gotten through all of those symptoms. So it's almost like we have this, it's like a rite of passage. You know, we talk about young girls, you know, when they start having their period, that's a rite of passage. And maybe we don't celebrate or recognize that enough, but we certainly recognize that there's lots of shifts and changes for girls emotionally. It's the same for us. We're going through another shift rite of passage. And it's almost like, uh, you know, it's it's like going through something hard to the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think we have a great appreciation for women post-menopausal and that wisdom or crone energy. But I have a feeling that we're, because we're all living longer, this is the next step because there's a lot of freedom and fun and everything once that hormonal shifts balances out again on the other side of oh, that. Oh, we're going to get to that because that, that's <laughs> okay. one of our questions later on because we want to leave people on a high note. <laughs> Yeah. But I, okay. this, there is. Okay. A, <laughs> we won't get there too soon, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> I wanted to come back to one thing that you were saying, and that became yes. very evident when when both of you told your stories, which is that mm-hmm. you didn't have the exact same symptoms, right? And so, right. like you like you accurately said, it's going to be different for everybody. And and your first piece of advice was to you know journal or keep track of those things. And I think it's really important that advice becomes more important when you understand that it's not just a set of one, two, three. Like oh, here I am, I met the requirements. Boom, that's it. When you realize that it's a different journey for everybody, and that there mm-hmm. is a collection of symptoms of which you may or may not experience to different varying degrees, it's not mm-hmm. all that clear cut. And because of that, you, I think that, that tracking, that journaling and, and being more aware of these things will be so much more helpful because you can't just say, oh, I got a cough and a runny nose. I must have a cold, right? It's not that clear. Right. And I also yeah. think about establishing the connection with yourself and trusting yourself because I think you know as a woman when something's off. And don't let other people tell you that it's all in your head. If you know something's off, find support, find other women, find a homeopath like Michelle, like whatever your path is, find somebody who can support you and help you find a balance of what feels good and normal to you because you know that something is off. So trust yourself on that. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I want to take this now to the to the sex life because you know that's what we love to talk about a lot. <laughs> and so how all of this like crazy hormonal changes is affecting people's sex life. What do you see going on for the women going to seek help from you? Yeah. I mean, that absolutely is a big shift and a change for a woman too, and ups and downs with it, you know, and there's definitely some vaginal changes 
for sure, as a woman goes through perimenopause and menopause. I mean, the actual labia starts to look different. And I don't even know if women are aware of that you know, or men either, but you know, it's, it's like, there are actual physical changes that happen down there. The, um, the lining of the vagina canal can thin. Uh, it's a little bit more delicate. It actually invites like slow sex. There is this place where, where it's important to like really slow down at times. And because it's not like women can't get lubricated, they still can. It just may require a different approach for a while, maybe always. But I think there's this place of, of heart connection, maybe that we begin to appreciate more of. And I think even as men get older, they can start to appreciate that too. But there are a lot of changes that happen in that area. But I don't think it means that sex is over by any means. How about libido? Like, what do you say? And again, because in my research, I see that some women will lubricate more. Some women will lubricate less. Some women will experience pain during intercourse. Some women will be totally fine. Some women, as soon as they go through menopause, they like have the best sex ever because they don't have the fear of being pregnant anymore. Some women find that they have high libido, others like super low libido. So I feel like, again, it's all over the spectrum and there's not like one uh, recipe for everyone. But would you say also that there is a change in libido uh, that you see kind of like either way that it can go up or down, but there's something shifting? Have you seen that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do really feel like women have those changes. I mean, some women start with a low libido. And so going through this shift, I mean, I guess it depends on what the low libido is about. You know, it's like sometimes it's purely hormones that's driving a libido. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, sometimes it's actually the connection that you have with someone. I, I mean, I actually do really feel like we can stimulate libido. You know, it's just a matter of like, how, what's my connection like with this person, with my partner? Um, what kind of communication do we have? Are we able to articulate what's actually going on without fear of judgment? Because I think anytime you get some of that clashing judgment about what's going on, it's like, oh, you're not the same as you used to be. Well, you know, we're either going or dying, so we're never going to be the same. So let's navigate all of those changes. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a really interesting point that... Yes, there are hormonal changes going on, but there are other things happening that maybe are contributing more to it, right? So you, you mentioned earlier somebody that you knew that actually ended up getting divorced during perimenopause, and that is not an unusual thing. Now, is it because, oh, I'm not getting as much sex as I used to, or is it because, you know, any of the physical changes? Maybe, but most likely not. My guess is most likely what's happening is they're not relating well anymore, right? She maybe is having uh, a lot of different emotional changes due to the hormonal changes. Maybe she doesn't know how to deal with those, so she's not acting in a way towards her partner that's, that's you know, very loving and kind. He's on the other side 
taking offense to everything that's happening and not understanding that she's going through these hormonal changes. And then he's firing back, right? And so now you've got this constant, uh, uh, uh. how are you going to get any sort of libido going in that type of a situation? You also forgot the scenario, Kevin, where finally the woman is finding her voice and she's no longer willing to put up with the crap that she's put up all this <laughs> life and she's putting her foot down and she's saying, I don't want this crappy sex no more. You're ever going to love me, adore me and like do these things that really make me feel like a beautiful queen that I am or I'm going to get a man who does that. I don't know what can. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is well, that, that is another thing where it may be if a woman has been repressed, she's finally like, all right, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> yeah, you, I think physiologically speaking, you you can't hold it back anymore because no, it's like that's what perimenopause does actually because there's more testosterone mm-hmm. women we actually can feel i mean if we're going to keep on with this whole chemistry place of it there is more testosterone because we're not being ruled so much by the estrogen and progesterone and if you think about it testosterone is that masculine go for it i'm going to tell it straight like it is <laughs> so you know they're getting a dose of their own medicine and maybe not like <laughs> Yeah, but but here's the interesting thing about that. I'm really glad that you brought that up because as men get older, their testosterone levels are going down. So now women are getting older, their estrogen levels are going down, their testosterone levels are going up. So we talk a lot on this show about polarity, about how you would need to have that polarity in a relationship. So what you're actually seeing here now is you're seeing that polarity becoming unpolarized as he becomes less testosterone dominant and she becomes more and they start moving more towards the middle and now you've got clashes, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think that's the end of the world, but it's great to know that that maybe hormonally that's exactly what's happening. But I agree with you. I do believe there needs to be a polarity. So how do you create that polarity in other ways? You know, for sure. And, you know, I would I would suggest because this is stuff that we teach all the time when it comes to polarity. But if you notice that that's happening as a woman, you, you try to do your best to relax into your feminine. And as a man, you have to do your best to step up your game. And, and be that strong masculine that she wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that we're talking about the man, it's a perfect segue into uh, the question about how do you think a man can help a woman going through the hormonal changes? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, really, wouldn't it be nice to have someone to help you go through that rather than be combative with you? I told the men they needed to listen to this show. This is, this is yeah. guys, this is gold right here. <laughs> Turn everything off and listen to this. Because it's a dance. I think there is this maybe just remembering that you're in a dance with your partner. And... Um, And maybe she is trying to lead a little bit at times. And so either I like what you said, like coming up more strongly, you know, holding that masculine in a stronger way so that you can invite her to sort of relax a little bit or maybe allowing that sort of. Uh, that testosterone or that masculine in her to come up and then just move with her with it. And I think, I mean, this is, okay, this is, there's a fine line here with this. So just take some of this with a grain of salt. 
Um, but giving some feedback, I mean, but you, I think you negotiate that ahead of time that it's okay. I just want to give you some feedback about what I'm experiencing about your emotions right now. So maybe just actually create a partnership as she's navigating all these hormonal changes, like go into partnership with her. If she's keeping track of her emotions and things like that, you can, you know, invite, you know, ask her to invite your uh, feedback about that. Oh, this is how I'm experiencing you right now. How are you feeling? You know, so I, I do think that there's a way to support a woman through this. And then we can feel held. You know, there's something about fe- being held in all of that because it's kind of crazy making at times, really. <laughs> Really, it can be. <laughs> and I don't think that men actually recognize that all the time. I'm going to blanket statement that I don't think men really recognize that. They have an expectation of how they have uh, been with their woman, experienced their woman. They, men, I think general, this is general broad strokes, don't always like change. And this is actually an invitation to change, you know? So... Absolutely. You know, as, as a man, because we are generally very stable in our hormones and, and the changes that we do experience are slow and subtle generally. Right. So it's, it is really hard for us to understand what it is that you as women are going through. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that piece of advice really is to try to be more compassionate and understanding and that's a challenge for a lot of guys because like, but what the hell? I mean, just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to us. We want to pull our hair out and be like, what the hell is going on? Right. But, the, but you really, yeah, you really have to take a step back and, and have some compassion and realize that this isn't just because she's a bitch or, you know, she wants to be that way. In fact, a lot of times women are like, I know I'm being this way and I don't want to be this way and I can't fucking change it. Like that's the feedback that a lot of women have. (laughs) (laughs) And I also wanted to add the piece about the sexuality that if your woman is asking for something different, like please pay attention, like the slowing down in the lovemaking, maybe more foreplay, maybe some more gentle, maybe less genital uh, focused intimacy and more heart focused. Give her, if you want your sex life to stay thriving give her the kind of sex she wants and needs so that she'll seek it and want it otherwise if you keep doing the old way she's gonna stop and you're not gonna get any and then the relationship's gonna take a big nosedive not in the right in the right direction so remember that that it's really important and just to be willing to try new things and it doesn't mean you're a bad lover like Michelle said, sometimes we do have the, the thinning of the tissues that makes it that we more we have more pain or discomfort during the lovemaking. But it doesn't mean we're not attracted to you, we're not loving you, we're not wanting sex. It's just the body's working differently. So we're not working against it, we're working together towards that common goal of that connection and that intimacy. You know, it's, it's an amazing invitation, actually, if you think about it, because we have so many erogenous zones. A woman's body is full of them. 
And if you're used to sort of doing the same thing over and over, especially when you're younger and you start this relationship, like this becomes an invitation to go, well, what happens if I just caress her neck for a little while? I mean, there is, I mean, there could be such fun in this exploration, in this new phase, you may find some things out about each other that you don't know at all. Some things about her and her body. So, you, I mean, I think the best advice is just to be curious. You know, mm-hmm. if we can keep our curiosity up about our partner, whether it's about what's going on in their body and, oh, is this spot a great spot? I mean, whatever that is, it is an open invitation for the relationship to actually grow um, and intensify. And maybe sex becomes better than ever. Oh, we're going to get to it. That's our next question. So first of all, I want to tell the men listening, pause the show, rewind, listen to that again. <laughs> Maybe two or three times if you have to. <laughs> and then, then we do want to jump in because that, that really is like, okay, what do you have to look forward to? But before we do that, I know we have one last sponsor we need to get to. Yes, uh, we want to thanks, thank Onnit for uh, sponsoring today's show. And Onnit has a lot of different products, but today we want to talk to you about Alpha Brain. And Alpha Brain helps you to get into the zone, into that flow state. You know those days when you've closed the big deal, won the game, made love for hours, checked everything off your to-do list and it was effortless and it just flowed? That's what it feels like. And this is when you have optimal levels of consciousness where you can perform at your best. Now you can use things like Alpha Brain to help you achieve that flow state and support other aspects of cognitive function for better memory, focus and mental processing. So if you go to onit.com and use our coupon code LOVELAB, you will get a 10% off um, any product that you order. But check out Alpha Brain to help you remember names, focus on complex tasks, reduce stress, react more quickly, and protect your brain and mental clarity. So go to onit.com and make sure to use our coupon LOVELAB at the checkout. All right. Let's talk about what people can look forward to. So what can men and women look forward to post-menopause? So we've talked about the apocalypse. We've talked about this crazy ride that you're going through. Now, what can you look forward to afterwards? (laughs) Well, I do think that we can look forward to amazing and fantastic sex. I mean, that's what this is about, right? And really what Yoni Bliss was about too. You know, it's like we can, there are tools that we can use because there is something about our connection with the other um, sexually that actually bonds us. I mean, we we can talk about those hormones, the oxytocin, you know, that, um, that comes from connecting in that way. And Yeah. And maybe it just allows us to be more creative too. And I know, you know, there's, there's science around the cervix. I don't know if you guys talk about the cervix um, or even, you know, energetically the tip of the penis and the tip of the cervix. I mean, that is heart opening places, you know, and if you slow down, so the service cervix requires a lot of slowness. So, I mean, slowing down then becomes this incredible invitation to whole body orgasms, you know? So I think there's something about post-menopause 
um, in that zone, men have maybe a little less testosterone, they can slow down. I think this is an amazing invitation for couples, for men, for women to actually have the best sex of their life. So if you had to compare your pre-menopause sex with your post-menopause sex, what would you say is the biggest difference? Um, post, yeah, post-menopause sex. I've had some amazing, amazing post-menopause sex, but it's, I think it's less fear of getting pregnant because I think we didn't even really talk about that. But for women uh, pre-menopause in perimenopause, you know, there's always this, do I want a child? Do I not want a child? I mean, there's all of that kind of thing going on too. There's a lot more chaos i'll just say chaos you know perimenopausal <laughs> postmenopausal the chaos is gone you know there's there's you it's just like let's get clear about what i want here and then being courageous enough to ask for it and have a partner that you can communicate with about that all the great recipe for great sex, the communication, the confidence, and just taking the time to be in your body. I'm going to write a new blues song. Instead of the thrill is gone, it's going to be the chaos is gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a happy blues song. <laughs> the chaos is gone. <laughs> yeah. So I know that <laughs> you've created a product called uh, the Yoni Bliss Lube that uh, can help women and men and couples with their sex life. So how does the Yoni Bliss Lube fit into all of this? Maybe if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about this and, and why it's a good time to bring it into their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yoni Bliss kind of came from both my own experience and work with women. And of course, I'm a homeopath. Um, it's water-based. It's so it's and my the idea behind it when I first created it is I wanted something very simple um, that had some slide to it for women because because of that dry tissue we like we need a little bit of that and so the seaweed is part of that. But um, the remedies are also really helpful. And this is probably the only lubricant on the market that has homeopathic remedies in it. And Nature Muriaticum emotionally, energetically is about holding on and letting go. So we've got this, and, and women, as you probably know, have this tendency to hold on. We, ca we can hold on and not let go. It's about water tissue balance too. Nature Muriaticum is actually simply salt, the energy of salt, not salt in the lubricant. I want to be clear about that because that's not how homeopathy works. But it's also, so it's about holding in tears too. So Nature Muriaticum is this grief remedy. And I think women hold, have a tendency to hold on to a lot of grief in this pelvic floor vaginal issue for a variety of reasons, whether it's sexual trauma, whether it's tra traumatic births. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons. It could be what we're carrying on from our generations. But to be able to let go of the grief, because when we can let go and open up, then we're more receptive to the masculine. And then the, the chamomile is just soothing because we can be often irritated. And if you think about drinking chamomile tea, it's just soothing. It's calming. And so there is this sense of 
just allowing a little bit more calm, less irritability, some ease. Um, so it's a simple water-based lubricant with a couple of homeopathic ingredients. You know, I, yeah, I would love to point out too, you know, the discussion that we've been having is really around perimenopause and menopause. But as I'm listening to you describe the ingredients that are in this, and I know you, of course, already knew this. I hadn't really thought about it just because of the subject matter of the show. But there are a lot of other potential applications for this, not just women in perimenopause or many menopause, because of, you're saying trauma, you know, whether they've been abused physically or they've had childbirth or whatever it is. Like there, there's a lot of other possible uses for this that could be incredibly healing for women of all ages. Yeah, so, so I'd say for any woman who finds that she's not lubricating the way that she wants to or experiences a little bit of discomfort, uh, trying to just add some lube and knowing that this is like a bomb for your vagina because it's got the medicines and it's got natural ingredients. It doesn't have all the junk that so many other uh, lubes have because you got to remember whatever you put on your skin and especially inside your vagina gets absorbed. Her body absorbs everything and you don't want to be absorbing like like petroleum and all this stuff that's in all the other junky things. So think about this as like, it helps you feel good in the moment, but heal you also on a different level. So I think it's really a beautiful product that you have for all the women and couples out there to make sex more enjoyable again. And, yeah. and again, if once you take the pain away, it, it, it makes it so much better. And, and, you know, sometimes in our relationship, when I was younger, I was in another relationship where we had certain things that weren't always compatible and I wasn't always listening, but my pussy knew and I wasn't lubricating the way I needed to. And I was so young and I was thinking, what's wrong with me? It shouldn't be. But really it was a symptom of something more that was happening in the relationship because, you know, our bodies know. But what I want to say is even though I was in my twenties, like I used loop and it worked really well and it still helped us to being able to keep having sex with taking the pain away, which was amazing because nobody wants to associate pain and sex together. Absolutely. And, you know, you may need lube today and not need it tomorrow. I mean, I think that's the other thing. I think we have resistance about using tools and even lube. And I've heard it many times and actually a lot from men. It's like, oh, she doesn't need lube if I'm doing my job. And it's like, well, not really true, you know? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> not necessarily. And besides, why not? It can be a lot of fun. It can actually extend lovemaking if you can utilize it. I think there's less stigma about using lubricants now than even 10 years ago. But, um, you know, then there's a lot more of them to choose from, mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. So you have a, we have a, a coupon also Love Lab. It's always our coupon for all of you listeners who want to get a bottle of the Yoni Bliss Lube. And um, Michelle will tell you later like where to go get this. We'll have the link in the description too. But remember, if you get a, um, use the coupon Love Lab, you'll get a 15% off your purchase of a Yoni Bliss Lube. Uh, and before Michelle tells you where you can get it, we have to ask you our very last favorite question. We all want to know what is your best sexual talent oh <laughs> i love it <laughs> Prize. i wasn't expecting <laughs> what's my best talent my best 
sexual test, my best sexual test. Yes, it is. (laughs) Wow, wow. That's a great question. I, um, you know, I'm going to say for myself, the, the best talent for me Um, The benefit for me is that I'm quite sexually, um, uh, I have easy orgasms. I'll just say that. And so (laughs) I have favorite ways to get there, but it's really nice to sort of get the juices going quite quickly. And so I'll say that's my talent. (laughs) She comes easily and quickly (laughs) on demand. Nothing wrong with that. It can be over quickly. on, <laughs> <laughs> there's multiple of those you know <laughs> yeah. well that's the beauty of being a woman right is you have as many as you want Just keep going until you don't feel like going anymore <laughs> man this loop is working you cleared out all the trauma from your pelvic floor and now you're rocking those orgasms so <laughs> tell our listeners where they can hear and when they can find more about you where they can follow you and of course your website where they can get their yoni bliss Beautiful. Yes. Um, you, my website's uh, yonibliss.com, Y-O-N-I-B-L-I-S-S.com. That's where you can find the lubricant. You can find different articles about why does my lube burn or, you know, different things like that. Instagram is my Yoni Bliss. So you can follow me there. And then Yoni Bliss on Facebook as well. And if you want to talk, if you want to just connect with me, you can just do Michelle at Yoni Bliss and M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle. We highly recommend that uh, you all check her out, get a Yoni Bliss loop for yourself. (laughs) And um, yeah, just it's it's good to have somebody like Michelle in your back pocket whenever you need some support and some help in going through hormonal changes. And thank you for being here today with us for the conversation. There were a lot of gems in here and hopefully all of you listening were inspired. Remember, there is lots to look forward to through after the chaos. (laughs) 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 All right. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. All right, everybody. (laughs) That's all the time we have for this episode and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.